we're talking about not another DD podcast. If you don't know of it, you should listen to it. Are you recording? It. Oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, I didn't know you were recording. Yeah, you should listen to it. Anyways, my name's Amber. And I'm Kenzie. And we're going to tell you stories from stuff. From stuff. <laughs> from the world. From history. Yes. Among other things. Yeah. Not so much, you know, like current stuff. No. Current's boring. We live in current. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We want things that, you know, you, you uh, haven't been taught. You should have been taught. Mm-hmm. Or things that, like, make really good party conversations. Exactly. Yeah. Or just, like, really good parties. Like, booze. <laughs> which is what I'm going to talk about today. <gasps> You're going to... Oh, you were... That was a segue. You were trying to segue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't really feeling it, but I decided to just go for it. You really tried, didn't you? I did. I'm so proud of you for trying. Because, okay, let me tell you my thought process. Okay. So, it's 2020 now, so now we're in the 20s. We're in the decade of the 20s, which was party time in the 1920s. For show. So, I'm like, okay, well, talk about parties. And what's always at parties? Booze. Booze. And a bunch of people are doing, like, dry January and stuff uh-huh. right now. Which just made me think of Prohibition. Oh, <laughs> So I'm going to talk about Prohibition. Super duper. Yes. There's actually, like, a lot that I didn't know about it. Okay. Like, it, for one thing, it lasted much longer than anybody, well, than anybody realized, than I realized. <laughs> so I, f- I, I feel like I have a vague knowledge of Prohibition. Also, I wrote these notes the other day when I was dying from a cold, so who knows I was all hopped up on NyQuil, so who knows what what I wrote? Who knows what I'm going to remember? So this is going to be a surprise for both of us. For both of us. I love it. Yes. I love it. I love it. So, um, happy 2020, everybody. Whoop, whoop. I don't really have anything else to say about 2020. I'm just, I'm so hyped to get the fashion and the, like, the art deco, and I really want men to start wearing, like, suits and trench, like, those, like... Mm. Detective trench coats, you know yeah. what I'm talking about? I want to go. Oh, I was going to try to do a 20s accent. It didn't work. Transatlantic? Yeah, I can't do it. I, I don't know many people who can. Like, I want to go back to the 20s, eh? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm going to travel around and check out all the broads, eh? Eh? That's <laughs> no, Canadian. Yeah. See? Maybe mm. that's where the Canadians all came from. Maybe the twenties. <laughs> that sounds yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, tell so, me about uh, prohibition. So, uh, what comes to mind when you think of the twenties? Eh. Alcohol <laughs> flappers and death. <laughs> Close. I put flappers, gangsters, <laughs> <laughs> the Great Gatsby. There you go. Speakeasies. Yes. But most of all, prohibition. Oh uh, yes. But it wasn't all glitz and glamour. Boo. As you already alluded to with the death. But there was a lot more to prohibition than secret parties and bathtub gin. Mm, love a good bathtub gin. In Yeah, right? Actually, I've never I've had never it. I've never either. I don't want it. <laughs> I, especially after researching even more, I definitely don't want oh, it. Lay it on me. So, in fact, what we think of as prohibition wasn't even the first time an alcohol ban had been tried in the States. Oh. So, in the early 19th century, religious groups like the American Temperance Society tried to get some bands going. Boo! Um, they're basically, you can compare them to extremely religious groups today. Fair. You know, that want to... They can fuck off. 
Yeah. Sorry, they not sorry us, if you're part of one of those wear, groups. Like, magical underwear. Yeah, I mean they weren't like Mormons or anything. It's more like the evangelicals. Oh, the scariest of them. Oh, all. the scariest of them all. Uh, no offense if you're one of them, but nah, also all the offense. Yeah. So much like those groups today, these groups back then campaigned relentlessly against what they called a, quote, nationwide scourge of drunkenness. Yes. And in 1851, the state of Maine passed a ban on selling alcohol. A dozen other states soon signed similar laws into effect, but these laws didn't last long due to widespread opposition and even rioting. I mean, yeah, you're taking away someone's, like... Drug of choice. Right. That's what's going to happen. And a lot of the people that were against it, so it was the religious groups, but then there were also women's groups. Yeah, I remember which that. Which, it made sense, too, because there were so many women being beaten by their husbands who were drunks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of it came down to safety in their minds. Yeah. So they were like, oh, well, if they can't have alcohol, they're not going to beat us. But, you know, that's not really how it works. No. Um. But actually, stuff like this actually helped women's suffrage. Okay. So Yeah, that makes sense. That was kind of interesting. Give them a voice. Yeah. So anyway, they tried it in 1851. It didn't work. But calls for a so-called dry America continued into the 20th century. And now, at this point, the dissenting groups had deep pockets and strong political connections. Hmm. Sounds familiar. A nightmare. When you can just buy what you want. You can buy policies? Yeah. How weird is that? I know, right? That shouldn't be a thing. Mm. I'm pretty sure nobody does that anymore. No, no, of course not. Never. Lobbying, that's not a thing. So, um, anyway, by the time the U.S. entered World War One, it was all but decided. Advocates of prohibition argued that the barley used to brew beer would be better used to make bread to feed soldiers and starving Europeans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're being good guys It's just, like, sound advice. Makes so much sense. Yeah. Oh, and then on top of that, they claimed that the beer industry were clear supporters of Germany, (gasps) since most of the brewers were German. You know, like PBR. Schlitz. Schlitz. No, I I see what they're trying to do, and I can see how it could have worked. It's, uh nationalism basically yeah um a lot of anti-beer propaganda yeah a lot of xenophobia there yeah one pro this is hard to say one pro prohibition politician (laughs) (laughs) one One pro pro (laughs) brit you try saying it one pro prohibition politician one pro prohibition politician i didn't realize how hard that'd be to say until like i wrote it out i was like this is cool one pro prohibition politician i'm usually the one who stutters (laughs) obnoxiously so i'm really impressed anyway he argued quote we have german enemies in this country too and the worst of all oh (laughs) The worst of all our German enemies, the most treacherous, the most menacing, are Pabst, Schlitz, Blatz, and Miller. Like, really? So, so not the not the enemies who you know like kill people or murder innocent. Yeah, no, no, no. Or, like start wars. It's the people making booze. Yeah, it's the it's the businessmen. <laughs> The German businessman. Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah. So basically they used fear and xenophobia to get what they wanted. Surprise, surprise. Did it work? Uh, yeah. 
Bummer. One fun fact about Prohibition, or the, quote, noble experiment, as it came to be known, is that it was never actually illegal to drink the alcohol. It was only illegal to manufacture, sell, or transport liquor. So that means that when the law law went into effect in January 1920, citizens could no longer purchase alcohol. However, anything that they already had in their house, they were free to drink. Hmm. So some people... Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't either. So some people just stockpiled... Oh, for like, sure. buying out entire liquor stores, and then people had, like, wine cellars, and, I mean, most people only had maybe a couple bottles yeah. in their house, but some people, especially the rich. Yeah. Oh, they, they, they had they a lot. They were fine. They were fine. They were probably the ones that voted for Prohibition. Good God. I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I go to jail. And then there were a lot of other loopholes, too. So there was the Volstead Act which is just a companion to the actual amendment that outlines what exactly would be prohibited. So in this act, it was declared that alcohol for medicinal or religious use would still be legal. So sacramental wine sacramental wine was of course perfectly legal. Which I mean fun fact, as a kid you can do communion. So like when I was eight years old and I had my first communion, I would have a sip of wine every Sunday. That's fucked up. Yeah. But, like, you I'd know. I'd become Catholic. Like, if it was a prohibition, I'd, I'd legit become right? Catholic. Oh, I just keep coming back up for communion. I would, uh, I'm sinning. I would, uh, seduce the, uh, who's the, who's the guy? The priest? Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say that'd be hard to do because they have to swear a vow of chastity, but I think it'd actually probably be pretty easy to do because... I mean, obviously, they're probably horny AF. Yeah, I'm gorgeous. <laughs> and I want gorgeous. the wine. I'm gorgeous. And of course, during this time, I'd probably be a Southern Belle. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, of course. So, sacramental wine and all that was fine. And then also, drug, st- drug stores were allowed to sell medicinal whiskey. Sure, yeah. Um, To treat all manner of ills. With a prescription, patients could legally buy a pint of hard liquor every 10 days. Pint's and, not gonna last ten days. No, unless it, you just were doing like adding like a sip or something. Oh, but it, no, it's not gonna last long. It's not gonna last long. But an example of one such prescription is quote: take three ounces every hour for stimulant until stimulated. <laughs> That's what I need. <laughs> so like doctors were out there just like it's, it's funny because alcohol is not a stimulant. Like alcohol is a downer. Yeah, it's a downer. I don't know. But it's it just made me think of the whole like medicinal marijuana thing. Oh yeah. You know, like yeah. you could get it for so many things and some mm-hmm. doctors are just like, Yeah, whatever, here you go. Here's your prescription. Here's your green card. Yeah. So, um, Many drugstores actually became fronts for speakeasies. So, like, I always think of it more as, like, restaurants that became, like, fronts and things like that. But, no, like, drugstores. Because they could... They access it. Yeah, they could access it. Um, Or they probably order it for medical reasons. Exactly. Yeah, oh, that makes sense. But legit, legit change... You got it. Legit chains flourished as well. And supposedly one of those was Walgreens, which I didn't realize was that old. Me neither. Yeah, so it started in the 20s. They had something like 
a couple dozen stores in the early in the teens, and then after pro by the time Prohibition ended, they had hundreds of stores across the country. Well, yeah, if they yeah. were playing speakeasy style. No, they were actually legit. Oh, they and weren't... they were able to flourish. Oh, yeah, good for them. So yeah. kind of bummed that they weren't a speakeasy, but you know, yeah, you know. Um, this one's fun. So winemakers and brewers had to get creative to mm-hmm. keep their business going. So it wasn't illegal to make your own wine to drink. So winemakers would sell grape concentrate with specific instructions on how not to turn it into wine. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, whatever you do, okay. don't do this or it'll be wine. You know, I've seen um, videos like that online where they... It's like a how-to guide, but, like, the disclaimer at the beginning of the video is, like, don't do any of this or it's better. You'll uh-huh. get in trouble. And then it goes step-by-step step and tells you, first you do this, but don't do it. But don't do, do it, yeah. And then you don't do it. So that's this is where that came from. Yeah. This is exactly what these wine companies were doing. That's awesome. I know. They're just like, here's some grape juice. Don't do this and don't do that. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, and then, so aside from that, a lot of law enforcement agencies tended to look the other way anyway because they thought it was stupid, too. Yeah. So... They're probably drinkers. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. So the 18th Amendment stipulated that states should enforce prohibition within their own borders. So it wasn't like... It was a federal law, but it wasn't federally enforced. Okay. So some states just never allocated any funds toward policing the ban. So some states like Maryland never even enact never even enacted an enforcement code oh. and became known as one of the most anti-prohibition states in the country. Go Maryland. Right? And then New York followed suit and repealed their enforcement measures in 1923 and other states also started enforcing it less and less. Okay. So the whole idea behind the 18th amendment was that it would cut down on crime, abuse of women and children, and just, you know, general bad behavior. Okay. But obviously the opposite happened. Sure. I mean, so, yeah. it's, exactly uh, what, it's exactly what would happen. Yeah. Gangsters and other organized crimes thrived during this time mm-hmm. and actually started. You know, like, gangsters and all that, that wasn't really a thing. A thing. in the United States. No, not like, not like it became. And then violent crime increased. And unregulated and untaxed alcohol was regularly sold, and political corruption ran rampant. Yes. So, one of the first things you think of when you think of prohibition is bootleggers, bathtub gin, and moonshine. Yep, that's what I think of. That's what I think of, too. But this alcohol could actually be extremely dangerous. So, on top of its disgusting taste, it also had the risk of causing blindness, being poisoned, or even dying. And I had heard, like, something about, like, oh, drink that moonshine, it'll make you go blind. And I didn't really know where that came from, that it could actually cause blindness. Oh, my God, really? Yeah. Like, like making it or drinking it? Drinking it if it wasn't made properly. Holy Because there were shit. no regulations. So, like, like chemicals and stuff would go into it that shouldn't be going into it. And the insane thing like is ethanol. people definitely drank it still. Oh, yeah. Like, the risk of going blind was not high enough for them they still drink no. it well and some of the some of the bootleg drinks contained like ethanol and other things that you would usually use in like fuel and Yikes. automobiles medical supplies it's maybe like drinking rubbing alcohol you know yeah like, that's, that's what it tastes like i think yeah that's like that's what i think that's what i think so like. too so at least when alcohol was legal the government regulated it mm-hmm. generally keeping these dangerous drinks off the streets but without these regulations 
over 3,000 people died each year from drinking tainted alcohol before it was repealed. That's a huge number. Yeah, it's something like 15,000 people. Holy shit. Actually, it'd be a lot more than that. That's insane. But it's a, it's a lot of people. However, despite media's portrayal, the Roaring Twenties were not the unending party we all think of. Mm-hmm. Statistics show that the use of alcohol actually did decrease during this time, but as the Twenties went on and the Great Depression hit, criticism of the law increased. Americans were spending more money than ever on black market booze. Yeah. Obviously, because they're depressed. Yeah. Um, and you my- took away, like, that's literally the, the craziest thing is, is, like, you took away the, the only thing that people had to, like, drown themselves in. Yeah. They're gonna find either, A, like, another way to do it, mm-hmm. or B, other shit to get into. Exactly. Neither of those options are good. Exactly. Um, so, they were spending more money than ever on booze. NYC had dozens of speakeasies. Yeah. They were the party town. And our very own Detroit alcohol trade was second only to the auto trade. Yes. But the money... We still have speakeasies here. I know. But the money from this, uh, you know, illegal industry wasn't boosting the economy. No. Like it had been when it was legal. So with the country in the throes of the Great Depression, it was argued that the economy needed the tax revenue that ending prohibition could bring. It actually cost a total of $11 billion in lost tax revenue and cost over $300 million to enforce. Holy shit. $11 billion. That's an insane number. And once again, it's just like the weed argument today. Yep. Yep. Well, we can tax it. Makes more sense. It yeah. It just makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And, um... Franklin D. Roosevelt actually ran on the platform of ending prohibition, and he won by a landslide. Nice. I mean, obviously. Go Roosevelt. I mean, he went down in history as, like, one of the greatest presidents ever. Mm-hmm. But... He wrote a moose once. <laughs> just just got on a moose and wrote it. Was that Franklin, or was that Teddy? Oh. Franklin was in a wheelchair, so I think it might have been Teddy. Probably Teddy. Who was the one Robin Williams played in the TV show? That was Teddy. Okay, then it's Teddy. <laughs> that movie. You, what was it? Um, it was Night of the Museum. Yeah. You got your you got your Roosevelt's mixed up. Sorry. It's easy to do. No, FDR was the one that was in the wheelchair. Married his cousin. He had he had a um what was that illness? Polio. Yeah. He was president for three terms. The only president to ever be president for more than two terms. He Aside married his cousin. Yeah, Eleanor Roosevelt was his cousin. Gross. I don't know if she. Was, I don't think she was his first cousin, but still, that was still pretty gross. They were definitely cousins. Gross. Yeah, but he ended prohibition, so yeah. Yeah, he was like, like he's like campaigning. He's like, listen, we are a country that needs alcohol. I got polio. Okay, I'm fucking my cousin. I need a drink. I need a. I need a fucking drink. Yep. Oh, and then Wilson Woodrow Wilson. Uh huh. He was president. He might have been the one that actually enacted prohibition um so he was president and then when he left office he wanted to bring his booze with him you know you're not supposed to transport it oh you sneaky bitch so they had to find sneaky ways for him to get it and you know being president i guess has its perks because he was still able to have his booze that's that's so funny isn't that a theme of like you can still be you could be the president and do all the illegal things and not get in trouble no comment. <laughs> so he got around transporting his booze, but other people didn't. Exactly. Okay. Shitty. 
fucking yeah. asshole. So on December 5th, 1933, the 21st Amendment was ratified, effectively ending Prohibition. How long did Prohibition last for? What's the math on that? 13 years. That's a, whoa, that's a long yeah. time. I always thought it was just a couple years and then it got, like, and then it got, like, ended because everybody was in outrage. But no, it lasted 13 I years. Was, yeah, I thought it was, like, five or six years. Yeah. No. Wild. So that day, December 5th, 1933, the 21st Amendment was ratified. Interestingly enough, the 21st Amendment is still to this day the only amendment that has ever been added to the Constitution to erase an earlier amendment. Fair enough. Yeah. So this day was known as Repeal Day, and there were celebrations all throughout the country. Hell yeah. And after it was repealed, President Roosevelt is quoted as saying, what America needs now is a drink. Yes. And I definitely think that's true. Uh, Fun fact, Michigan was the first state to sign the 21st Amendment. Of course it was. Yeah, we were like, no, listen, we need this. You can't live in Michigan and not rely on alcohol. Exactly. Can't. We needed it. Um... However, just because prohibition ended on a federal level did not mean that it ended on a state level. Some states kept the law for many years after, and in fact, it was illegal to buy or sell alcohol in Mississippi until 1966. Whoa. To this day, there are still some dry counties or cities, and Mm -hmm. some states have different rules. For example, until recently, here in Michigan, you couldn't buy alcohol before noon on Sundays. Yeah. And then they repealed that. But in some places, it's still like that. Some places, it's at all on Sundays, you can't buy it. Or where weren't we in New Jersey? And remember, yeah. we had to drive had to, to New York to get alcohol. To get alcohol. Because we were in, like, a dry, dry county. Yeah. And then New Jersey, like, when we went to uh, Canada, you can only get alcohol at, like... At... Like, alcohol stores. Like, liquor stores. Which is insane. Because, like, listen, y'all. Here in Michigan... You can go to CVS. You can go to the gas station. Yeah, you can go to a pharmacy. You can go to the gas station. You can go to a party store. You can go to a liquor store. Grocery store. Grocery store. I go to Target. I get a lot of my wine from Target. Yeah. Like, you can get booze anywhere. If there's a Oh, and there's a liquor store on, like, every corner. Well, at least where I live. Not just, like, grocery stores. Liquor stores. You yeah, stores that are stores. just for liquor. <laughs> and then there's... But we rarely go to them because no. here in Michigan, they it's it's a law. And I think it might be actually everywhere, like federally mandated. But like all the liquor and alcohol has to be one, like one price. You can't... State, yeah, state prices. Yeah. So like, I'm not going to go out of my way to go to a liquor store. I'm going to Target. Also, I have to do my other shopping liquor there. Liquor stores are always kind of skeevy to me. Yeah, they are. I just, they? I don't like going in them. They're skeevy. Yeah, so I... Unless I want, like, greasy pizza. Some of them are okay. Yeah. But some of them... I like a good, good... Are just... Store pizza. Yeah, not great. I prefer to just go to, like, Target or Meyer or... Mm-hmm. CVS. CVS. Yes. Which is a pharmacy. Yeah, it's a drug. So it's a drugstore. <laughs> it's so funny. But actually, you know what, though? In the city I grew up in, I don't think it was a dry city actually i think it might have been a dry city i know for sure that restaurants could not liquor licenses weren't a thing for the oak city park? yeah oak yeah park. it was a dry county yeah dry, so, city. dry city but i think i know you could drink it you, you could purchase it you could buy it at stores but yes restaurants but restaurants couldn't to, serve it yeah. until recently yeah. and now they can and now the whole thing is they're like they voted no on like allowing pot stores to come in and stuff yeah dispensaries so because they're a family city (sighs) 
And and it's just funny because like I'm I'm still in the group for that city on Facebook, and they're all like, "We're missing out on money," and then the pe- other people are like, "Yeah, but we don't want people doing pot." You know, whatever. I wonder if there's gonna be a pot prohibition. Probably. I mean, there already was, right? It was yeah, it was, it was massively illegal. It's, it's been this whole time. But like, what I'm saying is like, I wonder if there's gonna be like attempts to. Like, after it's been legalized to unlegalize it? Yeah, or, like, put those sort of strict state-by-state rules on it. You can't purchase it in this county or blah, 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 blah. I think there already are some of those Probably. things. But I don't smoke pot, so I don't know uh, the ins yeah, and outs. I don't know either. I don't. You do you. But all in all, Prohibition lasted 14 years and, quite frankly, changed the face of America. You know, with, like, gangsters, Al Capone. Oh, yeah. Bonnie Clyde was at that time period. uh, I think so. Yeah. I think that was in, like, the 20s or 30s. Yeah. Yeah. um, Just all the gangsters. That was, like, okay, I have it written. Apparently Al Capone would, like, take care of his community and, like, buy people turkey on Thanksgiving. Like, all the poor families, he would buy them turkeys and Thanksgiving meals. And, like, he had to think about milk. He would do... He was the reason milk has expiration dates. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he... During Prohibition, I think he had, like, he had a thing for milk, so he was drinking a glass of milk. And it made him, like, violently ill and he had food poisoning for days. And after that, he had lobbied... While he was a gangster, for the local government to demand putting expiration dates on milk, and huh. it was passed, and now it's like a federal rule, like all milk has to have like an expiration date. It's really bizarre. It's because Al Capone got got sick. Let me double check. Let me fact check that, but I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Yeah, he. I mean, as much as of a bad guy as he was, he did he did do some good things too. Uh. Milk expiration dates, courtesy of Al Capone. That's pretty funny. I did not know that. Well, and then uh, supposedly in just one year in 1927, he made $60 million in alcohol sales. Al Capone? Yes. Holy shit. And then um, I just have like a list of fun facts. Um, Speakeasies got their name because you had to whisper a code word or name to be let in. Okay. So you had to speak easy. I get it. It's such a fun way to like get into a club. Yeah. I would do like the most random words also um at this time is when tipping started like tipping like waiters and stuff like that because like places were they lost profits so they started putting out like tip jars that's really interesting yeah i didn't know that so tipping wasn't really a thing before that is that why it's not a thing in other countries possibly yeah i mean in some countries it is a thing so i think in like most european countries you don't tip most european countries it's not it's not expected. Yeah. They, no, I think it's like it's like an insult if you do tip. In some countries it's an insult, but in Ex- some it's in just France. Yeah. And an then in, in some yeah. it's just it's more of just like a it's not expected kind of a thing. Yeah. Because they pay their employees a livable oh, wage yeah. instead of paying them two dollars an hour. Yeah. And then like most waitresses and waiters here in the United States. Yeah. You get two fifty an hour and then the rest you're Even supposed tips. to rely on tips. Which is atrocious. But anyways. Yeah. So anyway, um and then my last fun fact is Dr. Seuss uh-huh. got caught he got started because he got caught drinking with friends in college and he got banned from extracurricular activities. So to continue working in his school's humor magazine, he used the pen name Seuss. That is insane. Yeah. For real? Yeah. 
so, Dr. Seuss got caught drinking and then he had to like create an entire franchise. Yeah. He that's how he created like his pen name and everything. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. I know, isn't that cool? That's a fun fact. I know. See, if we didn't have prohibition or if we didn't have alcohol, we wouldn't have Dr. Seuss. Exactly. Exactly, because obviously he was the one that wanted alcohol. Yeah. Why stop him? Why stop him? I know. It's just like, you know, it's just like when you tell, like, teens that they can't do something. And then they're going to go do it. Yeah. That's how teens work, biologically. for me, because I was weird. Well... You are still weird. I am still weird. But anyway, that's everything about Prohibition. I love it. I love it. I love the info. I love the the dirty deets. Since everybody's been talking about, like, redoing the 20s, I thought I would talk about Prohibition and just say, let's skip that. do that, yeah. Let's skip that. Fuck Prohibition. I like wine, okay, guys? Yeah. (laughs) It's funny, because I've been been, um, trying to go dry. Yeah. Like, just for the winter. I'll get back into it in the spring. But, yeah, I've cut back all of my alcohol drinking and everything. But uh, some nights, man, I really wish I could just crack it open and finish a whole bottle. And I can't imagine 13 years of not even having the option. Like, not even, not even, God, I can't imagine. I know. Well, you'd have to go to the doctor and get a prescription. Or seduce the clergy at the Catholic or Church. Or that sounds like the more reasonable. <laughs> That's the Amber approach. Yeah. Oh, I have it. Become a nun. <laughs> and then you have all the access you want. <gasps> oh my gosh. I and you be won't a wine nun. And you won't have to sleep with anyone. Well, there's no fun in that. Like, you probably can if you want to. Oh, didn't we do a story about a lesbian who... Julie Daubeny. Oh, uh, Julie Daubeny. Yes. She, she banged a nun. Yeah, she she masqueraded as a nun, okay, and banged her, and then escaped escaped then from the her. convent with no. She escaped from the convent <laughs> with did, her, and she lit she the left her. and then she lit it on fire, and then she, yeah, she lit the convent, and then on eventually fire. left her. Yeah, if you don't know what we're talking about, go back to episode. Oh, I don't remember what number Ooh, that was. That's a tough one. We covered Julie de Albany early on in our 15, series. 16, maybe. Let's give it a search. Julie d'Aubigny is probably still one of my all-time that's heroes. One of, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Into the rabbit hole. That's us. Jeanne de Clisson. Nope, not no. her. I think it's like 16 or 17, something like that. Awesome. Yeah, 15. Oh, Good I job. Yeah. First time. Du- Julie d'Aubigny, a.k.a. 100% that bitch. Yes. Uh, definitely recommend that episode. Yes. So just know that that's what I'm going to do if Prohibition has been reenacted. Um... You're going to find me as a nun. Yes. I'll still be seducing all the clergy, though. Yeah, no, that's fine. But that's that's your ticket to get mm-hmm. to get all the wine. Find the caskets. And then I'll, like, we can have a, a nun speakeasy where all my God. friends become nuns. And then you have to speakeasy. <gasps> or, we, the... or we at least have to dress as nuns. Hell yeah. Oh, that'd be fun. I'll be like, I'm in my room praying. It's my private time. And then like, <laughs> do not disturb do me. Do not disturb me. You, you know? walk up and knock on the door. Mary Magdalene. I'd be like, as I creak the door open. What's up, bitch? And you'd have to recite the lyrics to Lizzo's "Truth Hurts," and then I'll let you in. There you go. Because as we know. No true God-fearing man can repeat those lyrics. No, no, no. 
Okay, that's my plan. I'm glad I have like a, a game plan. Yeah, I also a contingency have one for, like, plan. The apocalypse, but this seems much more fun. And this seems maybe more likely. Yeah. Well, who knows? Uh, yeah, that's true. The apocalypse could be upon us. Yeah, either I'm gonna go like I read this really interesting. I might do style. an episode on it. I don't. No, I'm not gonna do an episode on it. But I read this really interesting theory that the world actually ended in 2012. <gasps> And we got moved to an alternate reality because of the Hosan Boggs, no, Boggs, Hosan. Hosan Biggs? Yeah. Hosan Biggs thing. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. I like that. That should be fun. You could do an episode on it. It's just like one person. That's fine. Who's tweeting about it. I'm into it. I'm interested. (laughs) He's like, I listen, I found all this information. That could be a Patreon It could be. He's like, I found all this information years ago and now it's all gone. And I'm just like, mm, do you hear they're making a Mandala okay, effect dude. movie? No, but that's one of the things this guy talks about a lot. Mm, mandala effects. But a lot of the Mandala effects have been like, like the Bernstein Bear and what Bears one. It's spelled differently in the show than it is on the book, so that's why people have that thing. But I also, Mitch and I had this conversation where we vividly remember like the movie with the. Uh, the genie. I specifically remember Shazam. So like Shazam, Shazam is with Shaquille O'Neal, right? That's and Kazam. Kazam is with the other guy that we all think did uh, the thing. No, Kazam is with Shaquille O'Neal. Shazam is the one that we think is um. No. Yeah. Okay, with you're Sinbad. right. Sinbad. Sinbad. Yeah. But that didn't actually happen. But it did. It did. I specifically remember. We all know what movie we saw. And it was, it was. The thing is, I remember seeing two movies about a genie with a black guy as the genie. Me too. And I remember it being Sinbad and Shaquille O'Neal. I'm so glad we're on the same page. Like, I specifically remember this. I swear to God. See, so this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. But that's really the only one of the Mandela effects that. That gets me. A couple of them get me. But that one is definitely... Well, I didn't know who Nelson Mandela was until he, like, died. So I didn't have the thing about thinking that he died in prison. Oh. Anyway. But he didn't. No, I know he didn't. But, yeah, so pretty sure that movie definitely existed in uh, the alternate timeline. Yeah, for I sure. just love it. Even Shazam, even uh, Sinbad's like, no, I, I didn't make a movie. But every, like, 90% of the world is like, no, but you did. I think he did, and it's just some massive cover-up because it's like, he's, maybe they came close to too many secrets in that movie or something. And the world's <gasps> the government, government. secrets revealed. Yeah. Has, Sinbad has to keep, that's probably why his movie career ended. Yeah. Did you ever see First Kid? Yeah. Where he played the Secret Service agent. Oh my god. <laughs> we're going deep. We're going we're going ten minutes over the podcast uh, time. It's here. fine, we can cut it. That's fine. Um, so I love your story, hate prohibition. On the plus side, we've got uh milk with expiration dates, we've got Dr. Seuss, and we've got Walgreens. Yeah. Okay. That works out for me. Yeah, me too. Okay, Kenzie, where can they find us? Um, everywhere. Okay, <laughs> we don't need to do this. You guys know where to find. You find us. Or uh, you don't. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, into the Rabbit Hole Into podcast. the Rabbit Hole podcast, or Rabbit Hole underscore Pod. Go to iTunes, give us a five star. Tell us what you want to say. We'll say it out loud. It's fine. 
Yeah, it'll be great. You can tell us anything and we'll say it. Yeah, we'll embarrass ourselves, exactly. maybe. Um, Amber will embarrass herself. I do it all the time anyways. I will laugh. All right, guys. Well, she laughs at me all the time. I do. Because you're funny. Um, You know what we haven't done Mm -hmm. in a while? We haven't ended our episodes in a fuck, marry, kill. Okay, let's do it. If you want to stop listening now, you can. If you don't, you know, funny things are about to happen. Well, we need to hear your answers. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's get weird. Oh, we're going to go weird with it? Yeah, let's get weird. I like when they're weird. Uh... I can't think of any. Okay. Do you got one? Let me let me think about this one for a minute. Do you want it to be hard? Yeah. Impossible? Okay, yeah. Hard one? <laughs> no <laughs> one's going to know who this is. Hard one, Sherpa, Beverly, Tall Cold, or Moonshine Simon. Okay, but nobody's going to know who they are. Okay, let me rephrase this because Beverly. We'll do this one after we record. Okay. After we're done. So cut that. Beverly's a kid. Oh yeah, and cut. So cut that part out, and then we'll do it afterwards. Um, I can't look around your room. I know because because it's the same people over and over again. It's the same fucking things. Okay. Aragorn. Oh, a good one. Mm Hmm. Colin Farrell from the uh, Harry Potter. Harry Potter film. Mm. Mm -hmm. Oh, Ian McGregor from. Mulan Mulan Rouge. Rouge. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay. Ooh, this one's hard. As their characters. As their characters. As their characters. Ooh. Well, maybe because Colin Farrell's character was a cunt. Yeah. So just uh, Colin Farrell's Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell's Colin Farrell, but the other two other characters. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um. Oh, you know what? Actually, this is hard. Okay, I'm going to marry Aragorn. I'm gonna fuck Colin Farrell. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna kill Christian. A.K.A. Ewan McGregor. Because he's just, I love him, but he's kind of a whiny bitch. He is a little bit of a whiny bitch. But I also think he would be a good husband. I think he would be a good husband, but I think, I think Aragorn would be a good husband. Aragorn would treat you right. He would, yeah, he would, uh, treat you like a queen. I mean, listen, Arwen and, Arwen gave up eternity for him. He must be doing something right. He probably has a really big dick. Oh my god, (laughs) he's got big dick energy! And we know he's a good dad. He is. He is a good dad. He's a good halfling dad. Okay. My answers were going to be different. Did I sway you? Did I bring you over to my side? That big dick energy, though. So I think I think I'm gonna do the same. I think I'm gonna. Well, yeah, because Colin Farrell in that movie is prime. Yeah, he just looks really. Just yeah, like a. Like a well-finished yeah. meal. Not his character. Like just a big snack. The way he looks in that movie is mm-hmm. very, very nice. Very nice. Yeah, my answers are going to be the same. Okay, cool. Well, I'm glad we... I do love Ian McGregor, though. I do, God, too. gorgeous. I do, too. And I love him in Moulin Rouge. It's just what about one of my Obi-Wan? favorite movies. Obi-Wan, I would kill. Oh, okay. <laughs> Qui-Gon? I would kill you. <laughs> That's fine. Anakin, he's fucking dead anyways. Um. Yeah. I mean, if... If I said Christian's a whiny bitch, Anakin is definitely a whiny bitch. <laughs> Annie, 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 Anakin is like if whiny bitch was a trope, it'd be his face. Yeah. Um. But anyways, that was fun. We're gonna do the off-screen one because y'all can't hear this nonsense that's about to go down. Yeah, you won't get it. So. Um. Thanks for joining us, guys. I hope you have a good beginning of 2020, and nobody takes away your alcohol. Me too. 
Okay? Okay, I love you. Bye-bye. Okay, fuck you, bye. <laughs>